Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. Hello, Ben. Hi. <laughs> How does it feel to do an incredibly awkward non-book-related episode? Uh, I don't know yet. We'll find out, though, right? Yeah, it's going to be pretty uh, pretty painful, I'm sure. I don't have any notes. Or I have no agenda here. I have nothing to talk about. I'm not sure. I hope you're ready to steer this conversation because <clears throat> I sure as hell am not. Oh, maybe it'll be the Glenn show. Uh, it'll be like a question and answer session about Glenn's life. There's a lot I'd like to know. Well, let's get started. You've really got nothing to talk about. It's been, what, two weeks? Yeah, no, I, didn't, I didn't really prep for this. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm, I starting just didn't to see, to... I'm starting to see the decline of the show. There used to be a time where you'd listen to the episodes over and over again because you wanted to make sure you got it right and you performed perfectly. Yeah. But uh, now, because of certain factors in your life, you... Uh, yeah, I started to get a little lackadaisical about it. Yeah, well, first of all, it's lackadaisical is the word you're looking for. I don't know. Uh, look it up. <laughs> uh, second of all, like, no, I don't have to listen to the shows over and over to get myself notes because uh, we got this down. Uh, yeah, do we? Okay. Well, you know, if you feel, uh, yeah, if you feel confident, I want to take that away from you. Yeah. And uh, third, uh, that other thing, that's not in your business. I don't know why you're talking about that. <laughs> well... So you got, okay, you want me just to talk about my life? Well, I mean, yeah, what, what's the structure here? The structure is, uh, you said, there's no, hey. There's can no we... book to talk about. Yeah. I didn't want to let another week go by without without talking to Glenn. I mean. Oh, well, that's nice of you. And I love you too, Ben. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, you suddenly texted saying, hey, uh, my book still hasn't come from the library. Do you want to... Uh, do a banter-heavy episode, and I thought, ah, oh, Jesus Christ. So, uh, I did make a couple notes, because some things have happened in my life. Uh, well, but I mean, before, I mean, are we going to stick close as we can to the regular format? Because when does, I, I'm, I'm concerned about getting <laughs> Gretchen involved here, because she's got. Oh, well, if Gretchen's got anything to add, then sure. Um, because there really is no format. You and I talk about each other's week, which is not the most exciting thing. Gretchen is blowing it out of the water with this backyard blast bird blurbs. And then we talk about a book, and then we wrap it up. So that's pretty much the format. Uh, okay. I guess we're just minus book. If Gretchen's got something to add, do you want to open with Gretchen? Um, may as well. I mean, we can open and close with Gretchen, because she gave me a lot here. There's there's more than one item from Gretchen. Wow. Yeah, let's open yeah. and close with Gretchen. Uh, so do you want to start with Gretchen's backyard blast bird blurb, or <laughs> would you like to hear the backyard blast bonus first <laughs> let's do the bird blurb first and we'll save the okay. bonus for last i love that she's got bonuses now. <laughs> yeah although i'm well i'm trying to think of what makes the most sense here the bonus might make more sense first yeah, do what and i'm want. sorry I, I i meant i was I maybe we should have coordinated this with you because this could have been an element of the show oh well um, too late now you said well, oh you should be recording this is classic material so here we are yeah, I don't know. I don't sound like that. <laughs> Go on, read one of her blurbs. Or well, the, bon- the bonus. The bonus is a cocktail recipe. So, if I had been thinking better, I would have. 
ran this past you ahead of time and we could have been enjoying this cocktail together. Oh, yeah, you should have. Well, next um, episode we'll have to try this cocktail, depending on what the hell yeah. it is. Go on. Well, it's a refreshing summer cocktail. That's what the hell it is. It's called <laughs> It's called the Cape Cotter. Ooh. And, uh, you're going to need some vodka for this, two ounces. Yeah, boy, all right. You need uh, two to three ounces of cranberry juice. Oh, weird. Half an ounce of... Why is that weird? I don't know. It just seems weird. Vodka yeah. and cranberry juice? Yeah, it seems real bitter. That's uh, uh, real bitter. I feel like I'd be licking my lips a lot. You do that anyway, though. <laughs> Go on. So besides the cranberry and the vodka. Half an ounce of lime juice. Yeah, real bitter. And some... Again, bitter. I you and I have different <laughs> definitions of bitter, apparently. Haven't you ever had cranberry, uh, like whatever cranberries and stuff on Thanksgiving and you put in your mouth and you're like, Oh, this is going to be sweet and delicious. You kind of go, Oh, oh, it's a little bitter. Never had that experience. No, I don't. You ever had a kidney stone, Ben? I had a kidney stone. I had to drink a ton of cranberry juice to try and whittle that kidney stone down to a little tiny booger looking thing. We've been over the kidney stone before. (laughs) So I guess I have experience with the cranberries. That's left a mark on me, but you haven't had much experience with the taste bitter because I don't think anyway, Go on. That's unimportant. Uh, cl- club soda <laughs> is the final ingredient. Four ingredients here. It's it's real easy to put together. Oh, and I guess ice if we're counting that as an ingredient. Uh, anyway, so you get you need a tall glass with some ice in it. You place those first three ingredients in said glass over ice. You mm-hmm. stir, and then you top with club soda. Garnish with a lime wedge if desired. So I guess that's another ingredient. You need <laughs> well, presumably that's where you get the lime juice from, though. Anyway, so, yeah. Huh. Enjoy responsibly, Gretchen says. Well, if we ever, uh, if you're feeling up to it, um, I don't know how soon you'd actually want to do it in person. But when we actually review the Twilight book, uh, we could maybe do it in person, and I could certainly make those drinks for us. Or if or you're not feeling comfortable with that, we just make it on our own at home. Yeah. yeah. Whatever um, the deal is, yeah, we should try that for the next episode that we actually review a book. Yeah. Well, I finally have Twilight in hand, so I whoa, couldn't whoa, get whoa. It Blackberry. It, it showed up. It showed up on Friday. I didn't have time to read it, though, because that's none of your business. But um, <laughs> God damn it. I, I have the book now. Yeah, I'm going to use that. You use that so much. I'm gonna use that. <laughs> it kind of feels good to say it, though, doesn't it? It does feel good. Yeah. Um, you know what doesn't feel good is holding this fucking 640-page behemoth of Twilight here, or whatever it is. Oh, uh, God, I'm not looking forward to this. No. So I think... Um, it has 27 chapters, which is convenient. That's easy. that's evenly divisible by three. So I suggest we do this in three sections. Oh, okay, sure. So we'll do chapters one through nine next week, and then 10 through 18. You know, I tried you know, I, really hard to um, try to like hurry up and read books I want to read. I bought a brand new Kindle. So I was like, okay, I'm going to sit and I'm going to read books I want to read. because I've got this little break here, and uh, huh? boy, am I excited. And I couldn't think of anything. What's that? How many Kindles do you have now? Eh, two. I gave the other one to my daughter. Oh, okay. Uh, but this one, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a little more high end. And so then I was like, okay, this is great. And oh, it looks so good. And it's it's got like a little light situation going on, so you can read in the dark and stuff. And it, and the light even does like your phone does when it gets past a certain time at night, and it tries to get rid of the blue hue and make it more of a yeah. warm color. It does that. Sure. Okay. Oh, it's great. And so. Uh, uh, couldn't find anything to read. Still can't find anything to read. I read this book that my friend with autism wrote. Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask about that. Yeah, I like, didn't even have that on my list. Um, but he 
He is a furry, which leads into the next point. Uh, and he's really well, into furries. Let's, let's not just assume that everyone here listening knows what a furry is. Explain furry to me. sure by now people it's on csi episode i guess at one point everyone talks about it uh a furry is a person wait there's a csi episode about furries <laughs> yeah every time every time i ever mention furries to anyone for any reason like oh yeah like a furry and they go oh like that csi episode i've had more than one person say that <laughs> apparently somebody wait wait, wait 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 which begs the question how often are you talking about furries with people <laughs> Oh, for well over over 10 years, uh, there was a guy I used to work with that was super Christian. And uh, and so then I'd be like, yeah, any of you Christians got furries in your group? Because you're not all inclusive unless you got a furry. And he's like, what the heck's a furry? So then he looked it up and he's like, oh, my God. And then he goes, oh, hey, it turns out we do because there's a whole group called Christian Furs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're into Christianity and they're furries. Yeah. So furries is people who... Uh, fantasize and uh, uh, kind of make idols. But, uh, they just love the concept of being part animal. So anthropomorphic, where you're part human with like animal features, like a snout and ears and a tail. And maybe your whole body's covered in fur. Who knows what? So whatever your favorite animal is, you like to sit around and daydream that you can physically be that animal. Um, there is a whole section of furries that uh, just like that and so then they they make costumes that they can wear to be the animal that they think that they really want to be and then they go to conventions and stuff and whatever. There's also a whole subgroup that sexualizes this whole half animal, half human thing and so that's a whole thing and uh, it's, it goes all across the board um, um, Honestly, I thought the sex thing was like the whole point of it. That's not for everyone. Uh, no, actually it's weirdly not. Um, this documentary on YouTube that somebody made uh, it's called Down the Rabbit Hole. Like, he has a whole series of, like, <laughs> investigations. Like, yeah, the double on Tom there, huh? <laughs> Not intentional, because he, he does a, a, a series of weird kind of internet-related stuff that he'll just do whole, like, investigations on. And so you just, like, learn all these words. So he did one on furries, and he marked it all the way back. Oh, wait, to, wait, like, wait. Uh, it's it's called Down the Rabbit Hole, but it's not all about furries? Nope, just that one episode. It was just really convenient, mm-hmm. because like, that works. Yeah, for, just Star for that Wars. one episode. He was probably giggling to himself while he did it. I've, Still giggling. <clears throat> yeah. But um, way back in the 60s, people just are born just wanting to be part animal or fantasizing about being part animal. And so at some point, and so they would like have, you know, Walt Disney characters and Bugs Bunny and things where like they'd have pictures of that hung up around their house because they just love it so much. And so then they in the 70s, they started having these conventions where people that were like minded would get together and trade material and stuff and drawings that they would make and that sort of thing. And they kind of built this community. And then over time, you know, thanks to the Internet, it exploded. So I try not to be judgmental. Uh, My friend with autism, he is really, really into furries and he makes his money on the side by drawing furry sexual art like people request certain things and he draws them and stuff and so it's, it gets a uh, kind of dark um okay. have you have you seen a lot of these drawings how are they no i haven't seen any of them i've oh he, he's uh he doesn't have all the social graces so I'd be like, you want to see one i'm like no i don't i don't really want to see one because it's you know graphic 
Uh, well, of but, course, yeah, shut up. Of course you want to see one. Don't try and pretend you don't want to see one. I don't want to see one. I yeah, saw one back in 2006 where a friend of mine was best friends with a guy who was a furry that didn't have autism. And that guy drew his own pictures of his half zebra self having sex with a half zebra woman that had big boobs. Uh, that's all I need to see. After I saw that weird photoshopped thing he made, I was like, I don't ever want to see another one again. It was weird. You're so close-minded. I am. I try not to be. So the point is, uh, with uh, my friend, uh, he's a really nice guy. And so the furry thing is like a whole group that he interacts with on a daily basis. And it's a community for him. And uh, thanks to that documentary I watched, it turns out that with the whole rise of the alt-right, they tried really hard to get furries to join them. Because, like, you know, the neo-Nazis and that sort of thing look for people that are part of kind of an outcasted sort of group and then get them over with them to start hating Jews and black people and that kind of thing. Um, they tried with the furries, and the furries, like, harshly rejected them and uh, actually did a successful campaign of getting them out of their online communities and stuff, which other communities could learn from. It was pretty amazing. So I got a little bit of respect for him, uh, but he wrote this book, uh, about this furry space odyssey. Uh, and I was thinking, and he's been working on it for years and he draws pictures of it and he's got all these ships and he's got diagrams of how the ships work and where the people sleep inside the ships. And it's just very, very, very detailed. And so when he said he's working on a book and he wanted me to read it, I was just like, Oh God, this is going to be insanely detailed because he spent years of his life building, like doing all this world building. And he's got this, everyone's got a specific name. They come from different races and whatever and blah, blah, blah. Like, this is just going to be a cluster, and it's going to be confusing, and I'm sure it's going to be poorly written, but I'll read it, and uh, I'll be supportive. <clears throat> and I have to admit, I read it, and it was really well written. <laughs> I was shocked. That's like, good. It was, the prose was done in a way that was very straightforward. Uh, he, he brings up giant concepts like huge wars that happened in the past without sitting around describing them. Like, like J.R.R. Tolkien could have learned a lesson from the way my friend wrote. Like, it was... You got the idea of how big a certain thing was without all the details and all the backstory and stuff. And he just did a really good job with it. Everything everything that he set up paid off later. Uh, even a goddamn furry sex scene is in the book. Uh, but it pays off later because it shows how vulnerable the main character is and how the sexual... You find out later his sexual experience was uh, embarrassing and uncomfortable for him. But uh, it's just... Everything was really... I was like, wow, this is really good. Uh, I would never want to review it with you because... Eh, it's also not good. <laughs> I mean, it's good, but it's also a world of half animal people looking real cool all the time. So it's, it's a little 50, okay. 50, but, but he did recommend a book. That's the point of all this. Yeah. Which I'm very intrigued about when you told me this, I got to see if I can find a copy, like a PDF or something. And then that's how we'd have to read that because there's no print versions available. Yeah. Uh, it's called orgs odyssey. A tale of post-human Earth. Uh, the plot summary is the novel. I, I like first of all. I like the author's name, Duke Otterland. <laughs> I saw that too. Uh, so, it, it, so this apparently, according to my friend, he said that this book is a laughing stock amongst the furry community. Um, they challenge each other to sit and read it, and who can go the longest <laughs> without laughing? Because I guess it's just really, really, really bad. Uh, so the plot summary is a novel set in Earth in the far future where a race of beings known as anthrop Anthropians, animals with anthropomorphic characteristics, dominate the planet, which they have renamed Anthropia. 
The protagonist is Org, Odysseus Otterland. <laughs> An albino half-deer, half-otter with white wings, gills, golden antlers, and a furry dolphin tail. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, Org feels lonely in this world despite the friendship of Carmelia Carmichael, uh, his chameleon friend and true love. Uh, when the forces of malice destroy the uh, island, destroy his country, searching for him, he sets out for the seven heroes and blah, blah, blah. Um, the reception of this book, this is off the Wikipedia page. The reception is most reviews of the book and its sequels have been highly negative. Negative responses have come from inside and outside the furry community. It has been accused of lacking flow and description with an often overuse of flowery language, sometimes even using certain words in a completely wrong context. <laughs> it just goes on and on. Perfect. So if I can get a copy of this, since we can't buy a copy, uh, we'll have to, you'll have to read it on your computer or your phone or something. And Oh no, if you give me a PDF, I will totally use the printer at work. <laughs> I love that you're sitting down with this manuscript <laughs> and a drink like a cocktail. <laughs> so uh, that's a catch up with uh, uh, my world uh, intersecting with the dimension of furries. So are all the furries mammals or do some people, are they featheries? Are there bird equivalents of furries? <laughs> do you call them featheries? I don't know. Yeah. What would they be called? Uh, I don't know. Anthropomorphic. Anyway, so that's. That. I'm just trying to segue into uh, the bird blurb now. Oh, are you going to do the... I thought you were saving that for last. I don't know. Whatever. There's there's no format here. Yeah, you know, it's freewheeling here. Anything goes. Yeah, yeah it's just yeah. like an orgy. Like a furry I mean, we orgy. can save it for later. Um, they do have bird-like people. Uh, and uh, kind of pretty much anything. Like, I don't... I mean, I'm sure there's people that fantasize about being a bug probably yeah. get work to do a lather when reading the metamorphosis but uh i don't know for sure i'm but birds okay. yes lizards aha uh-huh. fish okay. you betcha minnows probably not so much but all right go on with your bird blurb well i mean i can save it for later if you want no 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 it's a freewheeling this is an orgy of uh banter banter episode you wanted this and we're doing it what are, what are you drinking there glenn I hear some ice cubes. Oh, I took a big, long walk. I walked five miles before uh, I got home and set everything up. So I'm drinking oh. myself a nice iced water. Good for you. Thank you. Uh, the bird blurb. Uh, Go on. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really read this very closely yet. Um, <laughs> Is it highly offensive? <laughs> I'm just going to read this verbatim. I'm, I'm not going to uh, paraphrase or add my own commentary here. I'm just going to okay. straight from Gretchen here. Mm-hmm. Uh We'll step away from the Corvids since Glenn is starting to think that I dress as a crow and go to CorvidCon. (laughs) (laughs) The brown-headed cowbird is the only parasitic bird in our state, laying eggs in host birds' nests, leaving others to raise their young. The gray catbird, so named because its call sounds like the mewing of a cat, is one of the few birds that will break the cowbird's egg and eject it from their nest. Other birds will incubate the eggs and raise the young. That is, the concept of a parasitic bird has never occurred to me. Also, when you like, I've always heard that if a bird falls out of its nest and you pick it up and try to put it back in its nest, that the mother will reject it because it smells like man. I don't think that's true, though, is it? I don't know if it's true. I've just I, always I don't heard think that. that's actually true. Gretchen, help us out on that one. I yeah, don't think that's true. She might have to give us some clarification. So I was thinking if you parasitically lay your own eggs in a different nest plus great parenting on that bird's part takes off just like my dad did one day <laughs> saying he's gonna get a pack of cigarettes never came back um 
I can laugh because I know that's not true. Yeah, it's totally not true. Uh, so, but that's insane that it's like this bird's like, well, it doesn't look like me or smell like me, but unlike the ones touched by humans, I will not kick this out of the nest. I'll raise this as my own. That's interesting to me. I've never heard that before. I thought it was interesting also. Except for the ones that mew like a cat. Yeah, I don't know why they're they're hip to this, but the other birds can't figure it out. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So that's the bird blurb. That's the bird blurb, yep. Well, that's good. Uh, before I keep going on with my list of things that have been uh, happening with me, yeah. you got yeah. anything? You have nothing? Am I ringing any bells of anything recent happening in your life that might be part of my business? Or is it uh, all wait, are, been none of my business? Are you are you hinting at something or no? Oh, I thought you like knew something that I was forgetting to bring up. Um, no, I'm just asking. Like, if it, have I said anything that sparked? A, oh yeah, because like you're working, right? You're still in the office. What's that like? Still in the office. Feels like I never left. Um, I don't know. How's the uh, How's the office doing? Because financially, There's... my place isn't doing so well, and I'm just going to butt in with topic number two. I'm furloughed again for three weeks. Oh, you are. Oh, yeah. lucky. I'm so jealous of you. I am lucky because I have an ungodly amount of uh, PTO okay. uh, that since I'm spending all my money on my house, I'm never going to go anywhere. So I'm never going to use all this PTO. So I just use it for the furlough. So it's kind of like. There's Wait, no what do you mean use it for? The, are you screwing yourself out of unemployment? Yeah, well, anyways, I'm moving on from that. I'm getting furloughed again. But how's your work doing? Financially, they're doing great. There's no talk of layoffs or furloughs for you guys. Um, well, there's still a lot of people who haven't returned from furlough, which oh, really? I guess makes me feel good about myself that I'm more important than them, but also I'm <laughs> jealous that they're still on vacation. Yeah, um, true. And there, there were some layoffs, but the word is they're not planning any more layoffs. But of course, that's what they would say. Yeah, they um, never normally. Yeah, but my position, I guess, seems relatively secure. But um, I, yeah, the company's not doing as well as it was before all this that's for sure yeah well the product that they sell is a little uh probably not as in demand right now especially with so many people not working but all right so how's uh sharing the bathroom have you started any uh since you're too embarrassed to wear a mask just i'm not too embarrassed i just don't i would be ostracized there it's just the culture yeah no i'm not I, judging. I, don't, I do the same thing probably i wouldn't want to be yeah. the one guy wearing a mask while everyone is like okay fine i'll yeah. risk my life along with the rest of you assholes i yeah. get it did i did i tell you that so now they they changed the the protocol for entering the building and there's there's two sets of doors to get in the building one on the east side and one on the west side but now they said you can only enter the building from the west side and you can only exit on the east side. Oh, yeah, you were so, talking about that. Don't they check your temperature? Or yeah, they check your temperature. And it's the person checking your temperature is just the same receptionist that we've always had, but now she's wearing a white lab coat. <laughs> a lab coat? Not like an yeah. actual like suit to protect her or anything? But a lab no, coat. it's just like a white lab coat. Yeah, it's like, That's oh, funny. I feel, feel much safer now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've been, there's hand sanitizer all over the place, so I've been using that, and I don't know. It's... Uh, Oh, I did see the, I think I talked about before, there was another, not the main door receptionist, but there's another, like, receptionist who was on my floor, and she was 75 years old. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you remember? So I saw her, she's she's back in the office as of today, apparently, so good for her. She's alive. Oh, yeah. For now. (laughs) For now, exactly. Yeah. Uh... Virus-related information. My daughter is going back to work to her very first job. Uh, she got it uh, the fall 
or last fall, working at a grocery store nearby, uh, just bagging. She's 14 at the time. So it was cute. First job. Then all of a sudden, the, uh, the global pandemic hit. And so then uh, her mom and I were like, yeah, you probably shouldn't be working there. You know, take a break for a while. And nice enough, uh, the grocery stores now have like an app for you to schedule your time because of so many teenagers that kind of come and go and everything. So you never have to officially quit. You just kind of don't schedule yourself anymore if you don't want to. So she took herself off the schedule for this many months, and um, now she's back up again. So she said she wanted to go back and she wanted to work to get out of the house and stuff because she's been going nuts over these last, you know, since March. And um, so, yeah, she's back in there. And uh, my God, trying to get her to wear a mask, I don't think she's going to wear one. Because she's like, oh, it's too claustrophobic. They, I hate it. I'm like, you don't get they're it. Not, they're, isn't her employer requiring her to wear one? That's not I hope so. a requirement. I have seen a couple. I go to this grocery store, and I have seen a couple employees walking around without masks. So I kind of wonder. Like, either they're taking them off when their boss isn't looking, or I'm not sure. But I'm hoping they require her to wear a mask. Uh, but also, she's going to come back home after working in an environment where people are coming and going and the chances of somebody who has the disease or whatever the virus uh, is going to be around her is skyrocketing compared to me. Well, yeah. And um, so, and also just like a doctor or nurse, if you're around people that are breathing it all over the place, it's going to be on you and everything. So it's like you have a higher risk of getting it, even if you're wearing a mask and stuff, just like doctors and nurses have. Uh, so she's going to come home and I'm going to have to have arguments with her about we're washing your clothes and get in the shower right away. Like, don't be walking around. You know. Yeah, that's what I that's what I've been doing. I, yeah, when I get too. home, my routine is, yeah, I take off my clothes and get straight in the shower. Yeah, exactly. Because you should. Um, I'm way more paranoid that if I go out in public, like like if I go to the Target or the grocery store or like the hardware store or something, it nags on me. Like when I get home, I'm like, uh, it's probably in my hair and all right. I'll just go shower. Even though it's like my risk is probably not all that high, but who knows? So I just got to go do it in her case. She absolutely has to do it, but she doesn't take it seriously. It's not that she doesn't believe it. She's just sort of like, well, I don't care if I get sick, but I'm like, you don't understand. I'm old as hell. You're going to kill me. <laughs> like get in the shower. So I'm not yeah, looking forward to this. Significantly older than she is. <laughs> exactly. So, yes, it's weird. It's kind of a fine line between, like, yeah, I know I'm a little paranoid and, like, you know, take it a little too seriously, probably. Like, I probably don't need to shower when I come back from the hardware store. There's not that many people in there and stuff. But I still do, because whatever. But in this case, it's like, no, this is a real thing. And she's like, you're just being paranoid. I'm like, God damn it, I can't convince her. So it's not going to be fun. I'm not looking forward to this at all. No, that doesn't sound like fun at all. Speaking of which. Yeah. Daughters. Uh-huh. Who are uh, turds? Father's Day. <laughs> oh yeah, just Did had you, Father's oh, Day. Yeah. yeah, how was that? Nice, nice day for you, right? No. Uh, well, when Mother's Day came around, I told the kids, "Hey, did you get your mother anything, like a card or some dumb little gift?" And they said no. And I said, "All right, we're getting in the car. Get your masks on. We're gonna go to this one drugstore in our home city, uh, yeah. the city we met at." Uh, it's a tiny little drugstore off of the main street, and uh, but it's always got a lot of knickknacks and little gifts and stuff. I'm like, this is perfect for a middle-aged woman. We'll get her a card. They'll pick up like a cute pair of cozy socks 
or some sort of weird glass figurine of like a wizard or something. And uh, and then, you know, they got something to give their mom. So I forced them to do it. And they did it. And they hated every minute of it. But the mom was super happy. And then, like an idiot, uh, one of the daughters told her, yeah, dad made us do it. And uh, so he bought them. So that ruins the gift. But whatever. So what then, the hell's wrong with your kids? Why would they say that? I don't know. It's stupid. But they also have never, they haven't gotten me a gift or made a card or anything for my birthday or Christmas or anything for like a couple of years now. They're just at this age where they just kind of don't care. So, uh, ex-wife thanks me for doing that. And I was like, oh, that sucks, you know, but all right. And um, so then she offered to them, well, if you want to get your dad anything, I can take you out. We can go buy it. And one of them told me that. And I was like, oh, so I make dad jokes. Like, ah, why don't you... Why don't you give me a, an iPod case that I can put on my belt? Or why don't you give me, like, a, a tie that looks like a fish? And that sort of thing. And they didn't think any of those jokes were funny. And, uh, but they still never bought me anything. <laughs> so on Father's Day, I didn't even get, like, a handmade card or nothing. And then a did, t- well, did you get any acknowledgement that it was Father's Day? Did they verbally acknowledge, like, Happy Father's Day? Or just nothing, nothing? Uh, almost nothing, nothing, because most weekends that I have them, I will wake them up, like, around 11 o'clock or so, and I will normally make a big breakfast for them, like a ton of pancakes, a ton of bacon, uh, these weird little, like, cinnamon rolls and eggs and all this stuff, and then we all sit down and we watch whatever trendy YouTube person, and uh, and we eat our breakfast together. And it's like the only time we all sit around like that. Um, and they seem to enjoy it because we make a big deal out of it and, you know, make coffee because the oldest one wants to drink coffee and the other one has all the orange juice, blah, blah. So it's this big thing. So I did that. And uh, at the end of it, they got up to walk off and I'm like, eh, happy Father's Day. And they go, oh, yeah, happy Father's Day. Then it went up to their rooms. <laughs> so Wow. I know. So Father's Day was a bust. I hate this age that they're at. I'm guessing that it gets better when they're 25. Well, you know what you should do? What's that? Just don't do anything for their birthday now. That's a good point. I bought the oldest one, whose birthday was just in May, freaking iPod or earbud pros or whatever you want to call them, like the new earbuds from Apple. Yeah. Things are expensive. <laughs> by, by the way, you sound so old right now trying to describe the product. <laughs> Screw off. <laughs> I don't know. Are Aren't they AirPods? Is that what they're called? Or uh, something? Yeah. I, I don't know. You're they're right. They're AirPods. <laughs> you're right. They're AirPod Pros. I don't know they earbuds. I, I don't even, at this point, I used to love gadgetry, and now I can't, I don't care. Like, I have an iPhone 10 something or another. Ooh la la. Yeah. It's got, like, a little bit more cameras on it. And it's like, like, I don't know what the difference is between the other one because they give it weird names like XS or an R. And I don't know what that shit's going with. I used to care about this. I don't care at all anymore. So earbuds, I don't give a shit. Anyways, uh, so Father's Day was a bust. But um, my last story on my list, uh, didn't I tell you about a friend who knows somebody who is going through a divorce uh, and she had to like leave her husband, and now she's starting a new life. Uh, got an this, apartment, and she needed furniture. Took your, took your futon. Yeah. Okay. So she took my futon. Yeah. Um, but like I said, she would. Yeah, I did. I told you this because she yeah. kind of would leave. It was like a, a two-hour ordeal of. I yeah. mean, there was a good hour and forty minutes of her just floating around. 
Okay. Uh, and like petting my cat and yeah. talking about her ex-husband. Uh huh. She sounds lonely. She yeah. provided some company. Well, that was the thing. Is that uh, um. Uh. Wait, where's this going? Oh. At the end of that day, ah. she finally goes home. No, no, no. Not like you think. It got, uh, it got a little scary. Uh, oh. Yeah. At the end of the day, she goes home uh, with the knowledge that she wants to come back to get this one bookcase and this other little yeah. table. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, you know, she's an awkward person. Um, she's a little too open, talks a little too much about what should probably be private stuff for someone you just met like an hour ago. But yeah. there's people like that in the world, so it's whatever. I'll just try not to judge it too hard. And plus, yes, also she's going through a divorce. People that go through a divorce kind of go crazy. I know I did, and everyone else I know got divorced. Not normal for a while. And, uh, and so I was like, okay, so this is just a, a poor kid because she's like 35. Like a poor kid who's just going through a thing, so I'm not going to judge her. So then she texts me the next day. Uh, is it cool if I come over in the next week to go get, you know, your bookcase and stuff? And I'm like, yeah, I guess it's probably fine. We'll have to figure out what day. She says, okay. Then she texts the next day just yeah. to chat. Oh. Yeah. And I was thinking, this person is intense. Uh, I'm 46. She's 35. Eh, it's getting a little a little weird for me at that point. Uh, she's definitely very awkward. Um, and I was just kind of like, I'm not really comfortable. I, I'm not, uh, but she's starting to show signs of interest. So is I, she, hmm. is she a good looking woman? Uh, yeah. You know, 50, 50. Um, <laughs> it's one of those situations where if I got along with her and we had a good time chatting, I wouldn't care about looks or anything. But, uh, in this case, I couldn't say, Oh, she's intense and kind of scary. But boy, is she good looking. <laughs> it wasn't one of those situations. Do, do, hmm. Does she have any? Now, I think you mentioned that you did a podcast, and albeit she, you said that she didn't show her oh, yeah. show any interest in that, but I'm curious. Well, she doesn't she know about it. To this. No, well, not she at knows all. it exists. Could she find it somehow? I don't even think she knows my last name, so <laughs> I don't think she's. There's no way she's well, going to know how to did, find my podcast. If she did, that wouldn't really help, I guess, because yeah. your last name isn't actually Nuzzles. The hell, Ben? Don't say that on the air. I thought that was known. <laughs> so anyways, she uh, just trying to chat. And the more she's talking, the more I was like, eh, I don't know. I can't really tell if people are hitting on me, but I'm starting to kind of get a feeling that maybe she's got some interest. I'm not sure. So I'll just throw out how old I am as a, re- you know, if she didn't know already. <laughs> Uh, this should probably turn her away. Oh boy, being 46, it's a lot of fun because I can dress like crap and uh, I can be, you know, not try it, to be impressing anyone on the first meeting. Like I can look dumb and look middle aged and look like a dad. And uh, it doesn't matter because I'm too old. So who cares? Like I have more confidence now as an old man than I ever had when I was young and beautiful. And uh, she'd say, Oh, shut up because I, you know, you're not that old. And she was doing that thing like trying to. Oh. Yeah, like a little working huh? too hard on yeah. you're not that old and all that kind of I'm like, oh, no. And so then I said, well, I'm also uh, more or less just kind of celibate. Like I've been in enough crappy relationships <laughs> that I'm not going to be in a relationship again. And I'm avoiding sex and everything like I don't want to get involved with people because it never turns out well. And I'm so happy on my own. And then I dropped that out there. This is before she says anything about interest in me. <laughs> I drop that out there. 
Uh, I did it a little bit better than I'm doing it now. A little more like in the conversation and not so like I'm hammering you over the head with this. But she, uh, after a couple more things being said back and forth, she goes, well, it really uh, is disappointing that you're choosing to not be involved with anyone and that you're going out of your way to stay signal. And I was like, oh, yeah. And she goes, yeah, because I'm interested in you and I don't like rejection. And oh. in my head, I don't I'm like, I didn't reject you. I was never on the table to begin with. <laughs> so, uh, and boy, she just chewed me out about what of a, what kind of jerk I am. All because, Wait, what? yeah. Wait, how are you a jerk? It wasn't even that she said, hey, I like you. Would you like to get together sometime? And to go, oh, I'm sorry. You know, we should, you know, just be friends. Like, I, there wasn't even that conversation. It was me saying that I'm a single person. I'm staying single. And then after the fact, she's like, well, that sucks because I like you. And you're an asshole for being single and not giving me a chance. And then saying that she doesn't deal well. She doesn't do well with rejection. And, um, and then she also says, but if you change your mind, let me know. Yeah, <laughs> I think you should pursue this a little bit more. I think. Oh hell you, no! No, you need to reconsider this. No, I have a nice quiet life, and I'm gonna keep it nice and quiet. Damn it! No, but but for the show. <laughs> what? So I can have stories to tell? Yeah. Literally use another human being just for the entertainment of our five listeners. Which, by the way, our is that what we're doing with Stephanie Meyer right now? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I suppose our listenership has gone down the tubes. No one's listening anymore. Oh, so well, they will, once we get Twilight back in the rotation, they will be the next three episodes are going to be there's going to be a lot of listeners. Those are our highest rated episodes, uh, the yep. Twilight ones. They still get uh, big, big numbers from people wandering in when you listen to two old men uh, talk about teen <laughs> romance fiction. God, I cannot. I am not looking forward to Twilight. <laughs> Plus, it's so long. No, it's going to eat up so much uh, of my free time. <laughs> yeah. It's one well, thing if got, you're like, if you you've were saying got like. You have free time now, though. It's true. I am going to have a lot of free time. This is probably the best time to start reading this mammoth 600 page book. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you were to say, oh, you, you know, Glenn, you should eat up all your time, we're going to read Moby Dick and we're going to talk about all the symbolism and everything that goes on. I'd be like, oh, that's going to be a lot of work. But, you know, it'll be... It'll be rewarding. It'll be rewarding because you you know, you learn some classic literature that everyone talks about. You get a little more in-depth. And No, this is just Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> There's no nuance. There's definitely no symbolism. Uh, it's going to be fun, though. Uh, we'll see. What a, what a ride. It's going to be a ride. I think the first episode is going to be fun. I think if people listening to us is going to hear the second episode, it'd be like... Oh, you can tell that they're getting tired. <laughs> and by the third episode, they're like, these two men are exhausted, and this episode's only 20 minutes long. They said almost nothing about the last part of the book. <laughs> so nothing else. I mean, I, I was able to get you I talking about your work a little bit. Yeah, but there's not, I don't know, I feel like there's nothing new there to talk about. It's just the same old. What about, uh, what about your soccer friends? How's the soccer guys going? Do you still get together with people in person and kick a, kick the old pigskin? Uh, what do you call it if it's soccer? Yeah, just call it the pigskin. I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah, we're still doing that. We're trying to. I think we're going to do that tomorrow, actually. So. How's that knee holding up? Or both knees? It's uh, good enough. I think uh, I might be having that surgery in August, hopefully. So. Oh, really? Have you oh. scheduled it? Well, they called me. I guess they're starting to reschedule stuff. Um, but when they called me, it was a couple of weeks ago. They were only scheduling through July at the moment, and I told them I wanted August. So they mm. said they would call me back when the August schedule opened up. 
Oh, well, well. And then what? You're out of commission for how long? Um, well, I, we got from work to recover and just lay around being high on painkillers. And then on crutches for a while after that, six weeks of physical therapy. Can we please, while you're high on painkillers and laying yes. around in your apartment, uh, I bring the microphones over to your place and I bring you soup or something. <laughs> and then we record live while you're probably talking crazy talk, kid stuff. I, I think we definitely should do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be fun. All right. Yep. Well, this has been a enlightening <laughs> episode. Hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of banter just coming from one end over here. I'm the one with all the stories. I, sorry, I didn't. I don't have. Yeah, it's just the same old stuff at work and then the other stuff that's not your business. I don't know what else to talk about. Uh, do you have a lawn? I do. No, I, I live in the apartment. You know I don't have a lawn. Damn it. Because I'm winning my lawn war. I actually saw little green sprouts coming up in my yep. dead spots. So that means yeah, it's once those grass. babies... I, yeah, I know. Uh, but okay. I've been harvesting those babies, getting those babies growing. And uh, once they're fully grown, I'm just walking away. I'm never touching my lawn again. I'm relieved. There you go. That's that's good. Have so no more compliments on it lately from passersby? No. Did I tell you about the lady that insulted me? <laughs> no, I don't oh. think so. <laughs> so the the city I live in uh, is kind of towards the edge of Minneapolis, and uh, you get a lot of, like, kind of, kind of idealistic people, uh, a lot of people that kind of want to continue living a college life uh, well into their 60s and 70s. And... Um, <laughs> Kind of like all of St. Paul is that way. <laughs> so, um, you know, people doing idealistic things like, I'm going to play Frisbee with my dog in the CVS parking lot because this is a community space while people are trying to park their cars and stuff. Uh, so it's not that bad over here. But uh, so I was out there early in the morning before my meeting started, uh, watering the dead spots on my lawn. And I had my headphones in, my wireless uh, telephonic earbuds. And... Um, this lady walks up and she kind of, I can see her mouth moving at me. And so I take one of my ear pods out and I say, uh, Hey, talking to me. And she goes, Oh, she's saying good morning. And I go, ah, good morning. And then she goes, uh, you've been working on this lawn a lot, haven't you? And I said, yeah, when I bought the house, the uh, yard is pretty, pretty dead. So I'm just trying to make it look a little nicer. And she goes, hi, I think it's a waste of water. <laughs> <laughs> As I, I'm sitting there holding the hose, watering the lawn. <laughs> I mean, I agree with her. Oh God, you gotta but, get your you gotta you gotta get your house a little presentable. It'd be like saying, "Why bother just, painting your house? It's a waste of paint." Like you gotta paint well, your house. You gotta look a little presentable. Yeah, no, just I think grass is just yeah, like a, a lawn that's just an expanse of grass is not. It's not great. No, I know. I wish. Um, I think the longer I live here, I'm going to try and do stuff like line everything with hostas or something. Like, I'm going to try and make the area of grass smaller somehow. I just got to figure out how. Because I don't enjoy it at all. I hate grass. I hate the lawn. Uh, It's cute when the kids are running around in it playing badminton or something. That's cute. But otherwise... Oh, are they? What's that? Your kids aren't doing that, though, are they? Uh, They they tried to last summer. What? Uh, yeah, they tried to last summer, but the backyard especially had no grass at all. It was just all dirt and nothing was growing. Yeah. 
And I grew the grass back there uh, from scratch. So there was just all dirt, and they're running around in bare feet trying to play badminton in the dirt. <laughs> it's pretty. It's like a like a vacant lot that kids play baseball in, kind of thing. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. bad. So I like that idea, but I don't need the front yard and the backyard. And like I, I got to figure out how to to make it smaller, less of an area of grass. So now I, I understand that part, but also at the same time. I have the yard that I have. I got to make it look at least a little bit presentable so it doesn't look like an abandoned house is what I'm going for. So, sucks to you and sucks to her. So she said that, and uh, and I wanted to be like, who the hell do you think you are? You're insulting a stranger for no reason. <laughs> like, I'm sitting here holding a hose, and you tell me it's a waste of water. And I just go, well, but me being the nice guy, I said, oh, I'm just working on these dead spots, and then I'll go back to neglecting the lawn like everybody else. And then she goes, ah, ha, ha, and then she takes her insanely tiny dog that took a shit, and she never picked it up, and then she walked off. And I thought, ah, God, I hate this neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I miss living in a condo. I should have just waited it out and got a townhome when they were available, but no, I had to get a house. Wait, what do you mean waited out and got a townhome when they're... Townhomes are always available. What What do you mean when they're... Turns out they're not, Ben. Uh, when I was going to sell my condo, which was in March, uh, and I put it on the market, the realtor said, you're going to get a lot of money uh, for this, especially at the time you're putting it on the market. You're going to get a lot of people that are interested, and you're going to be able to kind of get people to bid for it and I go really and she goes yeah because nobody puts their house on the market or their condo or whatever in you know January February March and it's usually like May and June is when people really start doing it and I said oh she said but the down part is you're going to get a lot of money for this place but um, you're not really going to have anywhere to move like if you're lucky you'll find something but you're going to probably pay a lot of money for it because nobody's got their stuff on the market in March or even April is kind of tough so what was your plan? I didn't have one. I was like, well... Well, then why were you dead set on selling? Because I wanted to get out of the place and I wanted to get a lot of money for it. I paid okay. X amount and I got a lot of it or a lot back. So I basically paid off the place and had some extra left over. So why didn't you just rent for like two or three months? No, while, I can't rent. While you're waiting for the townhouse to become available. Oh, I rent. Uh, yeah, that was plan B, but then I stumbled on this place. So, that's like, okay, this is a, a, a nice big house, and it's for pretty cheap, so I'll just do it. But, if I would have waited until May or June, uh, I could have got a townhome for a reasonable price, and not have to deal with lawn, and shoveling, and uh, repairing stuff myself, like the furnace, and everything. Sounds like you didn't think this through very well. Nope, apparently I didn't. Are you having buyer's remorse? Uh, no, because it's good for the kids. The kids like how okay. the, the size of the home and the rooms that yeah. they have. They like it, so it's good. I was thinking that when they're both in college, that I'll sell the place off and I'll go get something smaller that I don't really have to do a lot of work with. Yeah. But now, <laughs> lately, I've been thinking about what I would do with their rooms when they're gone. Yeah. Like, one can be my bedroom another yeah. can be my personal library my reading nook with bookshelves everywhere and everything and, and then what would you do with the room that you currently use as your bedroom that little closet off the kitchen yeah. uh, guest bedroom 
for assholes because okay. <laughs> it doesn't have any wow. heat in the winter. And uh, yeah, so that's what it'd be for them. Okay. So yeah, that's kind of my thing. I, I mean, I like your house. I think your your house is nice. I like your house. Well, thank you very much. You should keep it. I don't know why. Yeah, you shouldn't regret the purchase. Well, as long as it's not costing money, it's still costing me money all the time. It's driving me crazy. Well, let's uh, let's go to the closing portion of our show. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Well, Ben, do you got any thoughts or anything you want to review about what we talked about today? <laughs> I like that we're going to review our conversation I, like it's a book. Oh, there's there's a lot there. I don't know. Um, oh, I found the Ben portion lacking. That was, I, that was yeah, too I know. Bad. I'm sorry. I, I suggested this and I, I came ill prepared. I'm okay. glad you were able to carry the show. Well, uh, I just wish that the, the Ben character of uh, this episode was a little more fleshed yeah. out. I I know he's not. I I apologize. Yeah, he's got secrets, but we didn't learn any of the secrets by the end of the episode. <laughs> any secrets? What are you talking about? There's no secrets here. Fine. Any thoughts about my stories? What about my uh, What about my furlough, Ben? Are you worried for me? Well, I'm worried that you didn't do any research into the unemployment system, and I'm worried that you're screwing yourself out of money. Well, all right. So that was our episode. Ben? Yeah? Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. It was a pleasure. Sorry, I'll uh, I'll be more prepared for our next episode. Oh, I got when feeling. we when we discuss the first nine chapters of uh, this huge Twilight book. I was just going to say called? I don't remember what it's called. Eclipse is that what this one's called? Oh, God, I don't even know. Yeah, like I said, eclipse. it's just like the model of my phone or the type of earbuds. I don't even care anymore what they're called because it doesn't mean anything anymore. And Twilight is a perfect example of that uh, it's exhaustion. Eclipse. It's yeah. Eclipse. Great. Yeah, and what's the one called after that? It's, a, it's not New Moon. We read New Moon already, right? So the next one is Breaking Dawn. <laughs> it's not Gibbous Waxing or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? How many chapters should we read to on our first episode of this? Nine? I just said this like five times in a row. I know that I it feel breaks like you're up not nicely. I like within the last 30 seconds, I think I said we're going to read the first nine chapters. Okay, so we're going to complete nine and stop before we read 10. We've yes. had that argument before, too. Back I know, in the that's old why days I'm of trying, the to, Compass. trying to make it as clear as possible that we are reading chapters one through nine. <laughs> inclusive. <laughs> All right, well, we, thanks, Ben. This has been a delightful conversation. Eight, do not read chapter 10. <laughs> Do you know read what? chapter nine and all the preceding chapters leading up to chapter nine. Got it. Uh, you know what I have been reading for my side podcast? Uh, the Adventures of Tom Sawyer. And except for the are you amazing amounts of racism, it's yeah, been a delight. Are you reading the N-word out? No, huh? I just say N-word. And, you know, thanks to old-timey Southern racism, uh, there's a lot of variance on the N-word, which I've just decided not to say and I just say the n-word like I say n-word <laughs> for all of it Okay, uh, it's kind of amazing like the level of creative nuances towards insulting someone uh, there's so much of it in there and so I just have to keep saying n-word like whenever it comes up I just refuse to play into any of it 
Uh, I even got uncomfortable when he mentioned that a kid traded him something uh, and gave him a Jew's harp, which is like a mouth harp thing. What? The, that weird twangy sound you can hear in a lot of like... Yeah, is, is that offensive? I don't I know if it is. that's offensive somehow, but I, I don't... It seems at this point like it should be offensive because the book I'm reading has got so much offensive language casually thrown about in it that uh, by the time I hit Jews Harp, I had to sort of second guess myself. I'm like, uh, no, I that might be okay. Like, that's the world I'm living uh, in. <laughs> I feel like that's them sort of, they're insulting the harp somehow. Like They're insulting the like, harp? <laughs> well, it's some, I'm, I'm guessing it's implied that it's some substandard harp. I don't know. Oh, yeah, probably. I know. But, that's the thing. But I said that part out loud because. Well, well, maybe it's okay because, like, we have scotch tape and. Oh, yeah. Be offensive to Scottish people, but. Yeah, I know. Well, give it another 20 years and we'll see how that flies. But what scotch tape or Jew harp? No. Well, Jew harp. I'm just realizing now is I shouldn't have said that part out loud. But damn it. It's like it's like navigating a minefield of racist language. Like you don't after a while, like you're scared of the word grapes or something like you don't know what to say. Like what's okay anymore because it's all so offensive and horrible. So that one slipped through. Uh but anyways, <laughs> besides that part, uh, a delightful story to read. Definitely much, except for all the racist language, much better written than anything by Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> oh, no shit. You don't say. <laughs> Actually, if she had more racist language in her literature, uh, I think I might be more uh, interested while reading it. Offended, but just like, wow, this is a weird twist. <laughs> Instead of just her kind of subtle racism that she has sprinkled throughout. Does she? I don't remember now. Well, she's not exactly painting the Native American population in the book with a very favorable. There's some stereotypes in there, I think. There, there? Yeah, you're probably right. I guess I wasn't paying as close attention. It there, just seemed well, more there, bland characters that are just there to serve her. It, it seems like everyone is just there to serve her. So I didn't really see the. Yeah, they're they're a proud, simple people. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. They're they're stoic. Yeah, it's our, uh, our, they're, our... They're wise in their uneducated way. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. That is definitely the way it's going. <laughs> yeah, so... It's a bunch well, of, yeah, lazy oh. types. As a side thing, J.K. Rowling, have you learned anything about what she's been up to? <laughs> yeah, she's, like, transphobic, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those weird... weird dances that she's doing, because it started out where someone say... It, someone... Someone posted something about people who are like um, the menstruating people or people who menstruate or something. And then she wrote back saying, it's okay, you can just say women. And then other people wrote in saying, well, not just, you know, you know, whatever, like born woman, women or whatever, menstruate. Like there's also trans people that can menstruate or whatever. And then she goes, well, that's not real or something. And then it started going back and forth between that. And in the end, her stance was... Um, stop taking taking away the struggle that women have had to deal with by saying that people who weren't born a woman can also co-opt their struggle or something along those lines. It just got real muddled and confusing, and I just kind of backed away from it. But I thought, eh, J.K. Rowling should really just stop tweeting. <laughs> yeah, that could be said for a lot of people, I think. Oh, for but sure. You're right. What is this? Oh, young man with a Jew's harp. <laughs> of course, it's when was this painting done? 
1500? Um, <laughs> I don't know. When was Dirk Van Beberen? Oh. Uh, yeah, somewhere, sometime between uh, 1595 and 1624. Oh, he died very young. I like that you you normally look up stuff as I'm talking about it, which is always eerie. Like I mentioned <laughs> some author or I mentioned some book, and you're like, yeah, that was written in 1995. Like, ah, you're doing it again. But this time you did it with a Jew's harp, and all you could pull up was a painting of this like awkward kid. <laughs> no, I pulled up more, but I just liked the picture. Yeah, it's like so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would appreciate it. Anyways, yeah, so J.K. Rowling, she's uh, more or less getting written off as just kind of a bigoted jerk. Uh, But also, she's kind of annoyed me with constantly tacking on stuff about Harry Potter after the fact. Like, they don't have to use bathrooms. They just poop on the floor and magic it away. And things like that. I'm just like, oh, you got to stop. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Ben. Thank you. Do you think this is worthy of shouting it? Well, I can't shout book boys. We didn't even talk about a book. Well, I mean, a little bit, but <laughs> no, no, I'm still saving that for in person, I think. All right, fine. It's not the same doing it on Skype. All right, so next week, the first nine chapters completed yeah. all the way through the ninth chapter. Yes. Of Waxing Gibbous. By read Stephanie chapters Meyer. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Of which book? Read no further. Eclipse by okay, Stephanie Meyer. It's right. the third in the New York Times bestselling series, uh, <laughs> Twilight. You know, I signed up for uh, the Kindle Unlimited since I got the new Kindle, and I thought maybe I should because I've been reading more on the Kindle. Uh, maybe I should just sign up for it and I'll get like Twilight and stuff without having to pay for it. Like I'm just paying like the nine bucks a month and I can get access to all these books. Yeah, they don't. The big name ones like Twilight isn't part of it. Oh, yeah. So there's like this Twilight, you know, master collection of every book that's all part of whatever you can get on the Kindle. I'm like, but it's still like you got to pay like seventy dollars. I'm like, I'm not. This is sucks. And Wait, um, you got to pay how much? It's like seventy or some more dollars for, for an, an ebook. Yeah, for an ebook <laughs> of the Twilight, the complete Twilight series. Where the hell do they think they are? I know. Also, there's no short supply in the world of ebooks like you, it's unlimited supply of a book like it should be it should cost a, a penny but instead they're like oh it's gonna be 78.95 for this I'm like what the hell so i'm not doing that uh, i decided not to sign up for it but the fact that i looked um now amazon <laughs> is contacting me more than any ex-girlfriend or wife i've ever had just constantly. Like, I wish someone cared about me as much as Amazon cared about the one time I looked at the Twilight series for Kindle because I'm just getting hammered. I um, I noticed uh, a friend of mine pointed this out that he was getting these ads targeted at him, and I, I'm getting the same ones now for uh, the Babysitter's Club. <laughs> Why? Because you so looked thanks. it up? Thanks. Yeah, I guess so. At what point did you look just- up Babysitter's Club? I don't. I don't know if I did. I think it was just talking about. It. I, I listened to a podcast that was tagged with it or something. I think that's all. <laughs> they're smart. Yeah, I know. Especially uh, like if you use Facebook and stuff, they totally monitor you like crazy. So yeah, all you have to do is just mention the word Babysitters Club or listen to a podcast yeah. about it, and you're fucked now. Now yeah, it's constant. Which maybe you should weird. dive in. I mean, they're not the worst series I've ever read. They're better than Twilight. I, I know. I'm a little. A little sad that you read that without me. I had no choice. 
We can read oh. another one in the future. If I can't find Mr. Otter's Lament I, or whatever that one furry book is. Org's Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I can't but find Org's Odyssey, we can always read uh, a well, Babysitter's was Club. Was the author's name like Chuck Otterbottom or what was <laughs> <laughs> Otter Longbottom? What is, what is his name? Uh, we need to read it. I do. I got to find it. I might have to reach out Duke, to my friend. Duke Otterland. <laughs> and also, isn't his main character called like Otter something like Otterland? I don't, I don't know. Otter Otterland. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I'm going to have to ask my friend if he can find a copy of that, like in PDF or whatever. And I'll, you know, but otherwise I'll just dig around and see what I can come up with. But it's kind of tough. I've already looked. I've looked online. I, yeah, no, I was looking a little bit while we were talking. And yeah, I, I'm not finding anything. Yeah, so I have to ask my friend if he's got like a digital copy that I can steal. But well, all right, Ben, thanks for talking. Uh, I will see you next week where we're going to talk about Stephanie Meyer's third book in the Twilight Trilogy, uh, Waxing Gibbous. Well, wait, wait, wait. I wish it was a trilogy, but it's not. It's a saga because there's oh, yeah, you're a right. fourth book. Remember? Yeah. God damn it. It would be nice if it ended at this third one, but no, it's not a trilogy. There's more. Do you think it goes beyond 600 pages with each book, like 900 pages, 1,000 pages? I think we already established it, yeah. Yeah, they, you they, did, but I forgot. Like, I don't... Longer. So so this one, I think, is around 640 pages, and Ugh. I guess that means the fourth one is uh, going to be pushing 700. I don't know. And then when you think we're done with the saga, she just came out with her other one. Well, I mean, there's the two kind of companion. There's uh, the short second life of Bree Tanner and Eclipse novella. <laughs> uh, so there's that, and then yes, there's what Midnight Sun. Is that uh, the is, other that one? The, is that the that's a new one? Yeah. Oh, there's an ad for it in my edition here of Eclipse. So. <laughs> and, and the tag, the tag on this ad is now it's Edward's turn. <laughs> I, you know, that one. I might be interested in reading only because I would love to hear him say, like, I am over 150 years old and this woman is kicking out a pheromone that I want to destroy her and tear her apart and drink all her blood. But first, I got to go down to the administrative office and try to switch classes. <laughs> like, I want to hear that point of view. <laughs> oh, wait, should we read the uh, the blurb here? <laughs> OK, go ahead. <laughs> I could see how easy it would be to fall into loving Bella. It would be exactly like falling, effortless. Not letting myself love her was the opposite of falling. It was pulling myself up a cliff face, hand over hand. The task as grueling as if I had no more no more than mortal strength. <laughs> what? I mean, I guess I kind of get the analogy, but it just kind of got dragged out there. Yeah. <laughs> and then threw in the mortal strength because, God damn it, I'm powerful and I can destroy anyone. Yeah. Oh, so. this is going to be hell on earth. And I can't believe that our podcast <laughs> is being defined by everything Stephanie Meyer's ever written because we're going to wind up reading the novella. <laughs> we're going to yep. wind up reading It's Edward's Turn. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Okay, I'm trying to wrap this up. Bye, Ben. Bye. <laughs>